Welcome to Perspectives, Faskin's legal voices on business. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us for Faskin Perspectives, the legal voices on business. My name is Lillian Mello, and I'm an associate in the corporate restructuring and insolvency practice. I'm joined today by two of my colleagues who will introduce themselves. Hello, everyone. I'm Roy Shah, a senior associate in the dispute resolution practice at Faskin. Hello, everyone. My name is Mohammed Moti, an associate also in the dispute resolution practice at Faskin. Today, my colleagues and I would like to chat about recent case law that we find interesting, and this is virtual commissioning of affidavits. Commissioning of affidavits is a process that has been around for the longest time. However, the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic has forced not only the world to function differently, but to find new ways of doing business. And as a result of this, the courts have also followed suit, ruling that the commissioning of affidavits can actually be done virtually. But before we get into what the courts have held and what they have said, I think we should start by unpacking what the rules that govern the commissioning of affidavits really are. Mohammed, won't you please take us through what these rules are? I think our point of departure is, of course, the legislation that governs the administration of oaths, which is the Justices of Peace and Commission of Oaths Act. I'm not going to bore you with the specific sections, but it is important to note that there are sections and there is a regulation that applies to the manner in which an oath or affirmation is administered. So there are two important points here. Firstly, the minister may make regulations prescribing the form and manner in which an oath or affirmation is administered. And secondly, the minister decides who can become a commissioner of oaths by notice in the Gazette. What is important here is that the oath must be prescribed in the presence of the commissioner of oaths. Right, so physical presence when commissioning an affidavit remains a requirement. Yes, during the time when the act was drafted and published into law, physical presence was required. A deponent had to depose and sign the declaration in the physical presence of the commissioner of oaths. Of course, back in the day, it would not have been envisioned that affidavits could be done virtually. With the rise of the digital age, virtual interaction has become the norm. The lockdown made it almost impossible to commission affidavits physically and brought on the idea of virtual commissioning. The million dollar question is whether virtual commissioning of affidavits is legally acceptable or not. Good question, Mohammed. Roy, let me turn to you. How have the courts approached this requirement of physical presence when dealing with virtual commissioning? As a start, I should mention that the formalities prescribed in the Act have been addressed as far back as in 1973. So it's not a new thing that we have to deal with, like what Mohammed mentioned earlier. Back in those days, one could never fathom that virtual commissioning could be considered at all and whether physical presence was an issue. So the prescribed formalities, although somewhat different, generally have already been dealt with by our courts uh, as far back in 1973. We see this in the case of uh, State versus Mun, where the court had to consider not a question of physical presence per se, but the manner or chronological order the actual affidavit was deposed to. In that particular instance, an affidavit was signed by the deponent before a commissioner had administered the oath as required in terms of the regulations. Can we then draw similarities between this case of State versus Mun and virtual commissioning of an affidavit where the affidavit was signed, not in the physical presence of a commissioner. In State versus Mun, the court dealt with formalities, but not particularly within the whole prism of virtual commissioning. But of course, when dealing with formalities, we're still looking at essentially the same principles. So what the court did actually there was to 
to see what the purpose is behind in terms of obtaining a deponent's signature to an affidavit. And it came to the conclusion that obviously the primary purpose to obtain that signature is that it is proof that is irrefutable evidence that the actual affidavit was sworn to. The court went on to determine that compliance with regulations of the Act provides basically a guarantee of acceptancing evidence of affidavits. So if I understand you correctly, the court held that an affidavit will still be valid provided there has been substantial compliance with the regulations of the Act. Yes, that's that's correct, Mohamed. So in essence, what we're looking at is more substance over form. Well, that's what basically it boils down to, substance over form. So simply put, if one were to actually depose to and sign to an affidavit without following the prescribed requirements, but is obviously fully aware and had the intention to be bound by that affidavit, then of course the courts will no doubt accept that affidavit in court. So the test of substantial compliance with the regulations and whether it can be proved or not is not a matter of law, but actually a matter of fact. So it really comes down to the, each circumstance of each case where the courts have a discretion on whether or not to receive or accept an affidavit that has not complied with all of the prescribed requirements of that. So, so now that we've dealt with just generally the formalities and how the courts have actually approached substantial compliance, Lillian, how are the courts actually treating virtual commissioning in South Africa during the present COVID-19 pandemic? Our courts recently dealt with this issue in Natal versus Shana, and this is where it had to decide whether virtual commissioning of a COVID-19 positive deponent's affidavit substantially complied with the Act. In this case, the affidavit was emailed to the deponent by his attorney or her attorney with instructions to read, initial, and sign that affidavit before emailing it back to that attorney. And thereafter, the Commissioner of Oaths video called that deponent via WhatsApp and administered the oath. So the court in this case then relied on authority of state versus man. And it looked at two issues. Firstly, that non-compliance with the regulations does not necessarily invalidate an affidavit. And the second part was that the regulations are only directory and not peremptory, meaning that substantial compliance with formalities is all that is really required. It was therefore on that basis, as well as the steps taken in Natal versus Shana to commission that affidavit, that the court was satisfied that an affidavit could be deposed to virtually where it was irrefutable that the affidavit was sworn to by that deponent. So now our courts accept that affidavits can actually be commissioned virtually. The question that remains, however, is whether there may be any unintended consequences arising from it. What do you think about that? The obvious risks associated with allowing virtual commissioning or rather substantive compliance with the regulation is that it is open to abuse and may open the floodgates to fraud. We have not even touched on or considered cases of duress or undue influence. My two cents is, of course, that it is definitely convenient for a deponent to sign an affidavit virtually and not having to be physically present before commission of oath, which, of course, also comes with its limitations also. Bearing in mind that we are moving towards an increasingly digital era where technology is there to, of course, make our lives easier and a bit more efficient. However, there's no doubting the concerns of abuse and when considering such concerns from a commission of oaths perspective in ensuring compliance with regulations, it is important that commissioners do not expose themselves to unnecessary risks by commissioning affidavits virtually. So as a wrap-up to discussion, we've seen that, yes, the regulations have requirements of physical presence. However, substance over form is important in that substantial compliance is required. 
And in essence, virtual commissioning is accepted by a court today. We should, however, keep in mind that it should be the exception rather than the norm. On that note, thank you, Mohammed and Roy, for an interesting discussion. And I look forward to further discussions with you on equally interesting topics. Thanks, Lillian. Thanks, Mohammed. Thanks, Roy. Thanks, Lillian. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>